You're listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. Welcome, everyone, to our last Talk Daredevil episode of November, and more importantly, the last episode we'll be releasing right before the moratorium on Daredevil ends. As you may have guessed, we're going to be spending this entire episode discussing the end of the moratorium and, more importantly, what comes next. You will probably recognize my voice by now. I'm Phyllis, and I am joined by Christina. Hi, everybody. And Aisha. Hi, guys. And yeah, we're going to break down, again, what this moratorium thing means. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've done as a campaign and, you know, what we're really focusing on moving forward. If you've been with us for two years, you've heard us say moratorium, moratorium, moratorium. And so we're hoping by now you kind of get what we mean when we say moratorium. But for those of you who may be a little bit new to this or maybe haven't been following along, we thought it might be nice to start off with just like a little crash course on what this moratorium on Daredevil even means and how do we know it's over. So essentially, when Daredevil was canceled two years ago, there was an article in Variety that talked specifically about um, a Marvel Netflix moratorium. And the quote that we have from this article says, sources tell Variety that the deal for the original four Marvel shows includes a clause that prevents the characters from appearing in any non-Netflix series or film for at least two years after cancellation. That means that Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist which were all canceled this year at Netflix, could not come to the Disney streaming service until 2020 at the earliest. So that was the first time we got wind of a moratorium even existing, you know, and what it meant is kind of what that quote says, that Disney and Marvel would not have the rights back to the characters and would not be able to use those characters in any way until two years after cancellation. Now, if for some reason Netflix had decided that they wanted to use Daredevil in something within those two years, they would have been able to because they would have retained the rights. But of course, they weren't interested in that. So for the last two years, these characters have just been sort of languishing in a corner and we've been waiting for those characters to return. Now, this isn't something that was specific necessarily to just Marvel and Netflix's agreement. This was something that came up very frequently, as we discovered, in almost all the shows that were canceled by Netflix. Um, There was a piece that came out in Deadline that I believe was um, probably around the same time One Day at a Time was canceled. And there's a quote that we have from that where it says, the internet network also is assuring its series will remain Netflix exclusives even after their cancellation, with the moratorium allegedly built into deals that prevents act shows from moving to a new home. That is, despite the streamer readily taking in series that were canceled elsewhere, such as Lucifer and Designated Survivor. So a little bit different from our situation, because in our situation, Disney and Marvel, those are still their characters, their IP that they license out to Netflix. But, you know, again, there was this cooling off period that prevented them from using it right away. Now we're kind of at this point where we are at the time of this recording a few weeks out from the end of the moratorium. But when this episode drops, we'll be just a few days out. And so based on everything that we've learned and we know that we've heard, there's no reason for us to assume as anything other than the two years. So that's why we're treating November 29th as the official end date for the characters to return. So when we say November 29th is the day, it's the day, that is what we mean. So it's interesting that we also have a quote from Kevin Mayer, 
who at the time was the head of Disney streaming. And he was asked uh, point blank, would you consider reviving the Marvel shows that Netflix canceled? His answer was, they are very high quality shows. We haven't yet discussed that, but I would say that's a possibility. So that was the first indication after the cancellation to us that there was even a possibility that Disney would be interested in reviving these shows elsewhere and putting them elsewhere. Up until then, we had heard things about uh, the adventures of these characters are not over. We love these characters. You'll be seeing them again. But this was the first quote we had anyone from anyone on the record saying, it is a possibility to get these shows back. And not just anyone, someone very high up. I, you know, Kevin Meyer has since left the company, but at the time he was sort of overseeing all the direct-to-consumer platforms, including Disney Plus. And um, that's a pretty high up person to commit to kind of anything like that on record, even if it was fairly vague, especially for at the time this came out, the cancellations were still pretty fresh, but it was very notable for us. I believe um, then a couple months later, Craig Erwich, who is head of Hulu Originals, had also been asked some similar questions. And he also was very um, shared some thoughts along the same lines that it's something that they would be interested in. It's not something they could do right now. But we had never been given any indication that this wasn't a possibility. We just had to wait out those two years. That's why we did our first two letter writing campaigns to. Kevin Meyer and Craig Arvich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And we've had people more recently sort of ask us, hey, why are you guys doing this now? Like, why, why didn't you do this two years ago? To which we say, we were. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've been here the whole two years. And this petition that has been gaining traction again has been around since the very beginning. And we've been there since the very beginning. And, you know, this might be a good time for us to, like, talk a little bit about what we have done in the last two years. We've been very busy and um, it would be very hard to go into all the minute details of everything that we've done in the last two years. Our whole history is uh, available on our timeline page. You can find it on www.savedaredevil.com slash timeline. It uh, shows you everything that we've got accomplished. But to summarize, I'll touch upon a few things. From the moment the Save Daredevil campaign began, which was before it was even Save Daredevil, when it was called Renewed Daredevil, we've planned and arranged numerous initiatives to engage with the Daredevil fandom. From tweet fests to social media events, we've held three separate letter writing campaigns to executives at Marvel, Disney, and Hulu, including Kevin Feige himself. From grassroots campaigning on the conventional floors to in-person meetings attended by not just fans, but also stars and crew members and creatives from the show. We've held two FanWorks initiatives across multiple social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, uh, to celebrate the immense talent of the Daredevil fandom. We've held several Daredevil rewatch parties. We've held charity auctions and fundraisers, benefiting Sightsavers and Foundation Fighting Blindness, the Actors Fund, Hero Initiative, not to mention the proceeds from all our t-shirt sales that go to the Andrew Haskell Braille and Talking Books Library at the New York Public Library. Across all those platforms, we've raised 
over $10,000 that's gone to different charities. We did our very own Emmy for Your Consideration initiative for Daredevil Season 3. We held the Golden Microwave Awards to honor the Daredevil stunt team. We started our 10 question series with the Daredevil cast, crew, and creatives from the show as well as the comics world. We held our own virtual convention, <laughs> the Save Daredevil Con in July, that ran concurrently with the San Diego Comic Con, where we did interviews with cast and crew. We did live streams and trivia events and rewatches. All the details can be found, again, on our website. And last but not least, um, Talk Daredevil, this podcast that we started just two months ago to interact with our followers and the Daredevil fandom. So we've been busy, yeah. you know, there's never been a dull moment in this campaign. We've, um, we've, we've been lucky that we have a good team that gets along and we know our goal, which is to get our show back with the same cast, crew and creatives. That has always been our goal and that we've been fighting for it since November 2018. This thing didn't start just now. It's been around for two years and we have plans to keep this going even after the moratorium and you know because that's not the end of the campaign mm -hmm. just a starting point to a different phase of the campaign it's not the end no it's just the beginning that's this true is not the end as <laughs> Alexa not, said this is not the end no <laughs> no it's not so that's a good that's a good point for us to, to transition into what comes next because that is a big question, you know, and we want to, you know, start out by making it clear, at least what we personally think we can and can't expect from Marvel and Disney right after the moratorium. Um, and so I'm going to throw this to Christina, who has some great thoughts on that. Phyllis, you you have my favorite Save Daredevil quote <laughs> ever from the very first episode of Talk Daredevil, I think. It was when you said, we don't expect Kevin Feige to jump out of a cake on November 29th. <laughs> and say, ta-da, I'm saving Daredevil. It's just, it's probably not going to happen. And I think it's important that we temper people's expectations as to what we can expect on the 29th. Um, first of all, look what happened when the rights from Luke Cage and Iron Fist came out. Nothing. Those rights have reverted to Marvel. We have not heard anything. You could argue that there is a larger, more passionate fan base for Daredevil. Uh, however, there's a couple of reasons why we don't expect any news. The first is there was a quote, and I could not find it, so I apologize. But this was regarding the moratorium. One of the trades reported that Disney lawyers went to Marvel and said, do not even think about Daredevil until this moratorium is over. Don't plan it. You cannot have a meeting. You cannot talk about it over coffee. Of course, Disney, as powerful as they are, they do not have thought police. So this is not to say that individuals within Marvel have been thinking and planning and dreaming and making wish lists of what they would want to do, but they could not take any action on it. No pre-production, nothing. So to go from there to we just saved the show is too much of a leap. The other thing to think about is COVID-19. Even if Marvel had some ideas and wish lists, COVID really did a number to Disney when you think about all of the theme park proceeds that got slashed, all of their, you know, their cruise line, their hotels, everything got 
took a huge hit. And then Marvel itself had to come up with new dates for distribution. They had to stop filming at some point, and they've had to only recently been able to get back to filming. So Marvel's had their hands full with things that they have had to deal with. We officially have zero new Marvel content in 2020, by the way. So Marvel Studios, be- because, yes. Because WandaVision has already been announced to be in January 2021. Mm-hmm. So That's right. Think about all the stuff that was planned for this year that is no longer happening this year. And then factor in the fact that they can't start really planning Daredevil until the rights officially return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to ask. So that, I mean, that's, that's a huge deal. And the other thing we should think about is the fact that there has been really significant reorganizations in Disney and in Marvel in between the cancellation and the end of the moratorium. So even if people had ideas and dreams and wishes, now all of a sudden they're reporting to somebody else. And what does that mean? I feel like there were four different reorgs, at least, between Marvel and Disney. It's hard to keep up. In those two years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Those are great reasons. So thank you for outlining those. And just, you know, since you've touched on the reorgs, um, that was something I also wanted to bring into this conversation just very briefly. There was actually a even more recent reorganization um, that happened for Disney. Um, This was in October 12th. If you are a YouTube subscriber of of ours, you might have actually watched a little mini episode that we did on this um, for our YouTube channel. But essentially what the deal is, is because of all the things that Christina mentioned, Disney decided to make a really big shift toward prioritizing any new content that is created um, for streaming. What that means is they've installed somebody that oversees a new division um, called Media and Entertainment Distribution, which is going to centralize distribution for all Disney content. So it includes linear networks like ABC um, and cable, but especially so it's going to be funneling content to Disney Plus, to Hulu. Um, there's still going to be a roadmap for theatrical, but you know, if if someone decides they want to make a movie, but Kareem Daniels decides, hey, we need movie content for Disney Plus, instead of this movie going to the theaters, they're going to redistribute it toward a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. And so with this renewed focus on streaming, that is something that we're, we want to continue sort of monitoring and being really cognizant of all those shifts, because to us, that means more chances for our show to possibly get revived, especially given that it's a popular known quantity um, that can be pushed quickly into development toward a streaming platform to help build up those streaming audiences and those streaming numbers, which seems like it's what Disney really needs right now since Disney Plus is their main source of profit at the moment. And actually, Christina, the article that you're referencing, I know exactly which article that is. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to make sure to put it in the show notes. It was an IndieWire article. Got it. So I I should be able to find it. It must be in our FAQ list. It probably is somewhere in our FAQ. Yeah. Yeah. Because we we've just been documenting so much, (laughs) so much. But again, because so much has changed, you know, we've been trying to keep things updated, too. So sometimes maybe those old things might be... um, in the ether somewhere, but we'll definitely yeah, and like in, in the archived list, uh, links right, as well. Yeah. Right, right. So something that I just wanted to talk about, because I, uh, I think about the Defenders verse a lot, probably more than is normal. And I accept that and I move on. But I've been thinking a lot about if I was Kevin Feige and the decision that I had to make about Daredevil and those characters. And I keep coming back to this idea where for the non-comics reader, 
If you look at the characters that were introduced in the Defenders verse, there were a bunch of characters that probably a lot of people had never heard of before. And then there were characters they were very familiar with because of films, animated shows. And I am going to be completely honest and say before those shows came out, I had never heard of Luke Cage, Iron Fist, or Jessica Jones. Never heard of them. Embarrassing, but true. However, even me as a comics newbie, I knew who Daredevil, Elektra, Bullseye, Kingpin, and the Punisher were. They'd shown up on Spider-Man, the animated series. The Punisher films are out. The Daredevil and Elektra films are out. So I knew who those characters were. So for the casual Marvel viewer, the person who goes to see the MCU films maybe doesn't do much else, a Marvel world that doesn't have Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Jessica Jones in it is fine because they probably don't really know them. But a Marvel world without Daredevil and Kingpin and Punisher is weird because they know who they are. Why aren't they there? And it's put, I think, I think it's put Feige in an interesting position because ironically, those characters, Daredevil, Kingpin, and the Punisher, when you look at the Defenders characters that have been the most widely praised for their acting, it's Charlie Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio, and John Bernthal. Fans are rabid about this, those performances. And I'm not trying to knock the other performances. They definitely have their fans, but I'm talking about the most vocal have been about those three actors. So now Feige's got to decide what to do with those characters. And the way I see it, he's got a couple of choices. He can either decide to recast them all, which would royally piss off a large portion of the fandom. And I would argue maybe even critics as well might give him some flack if he did that. The other choice is to ignore those characters and say, let's just wait for the fervor around these characters to die down a little bit. Maybe people will forget. Well, that is going to make the other segment angry. The other segment who are saying, why aren't these guys in the MCU? This makes no sense. They should be in the MCU. And then he's got the third option, which is to bring back those characters played by the same actors. The possible con to that is that it'll send uh, people back to Netflix to watch, you know, the earlier adventures of these characters. But he would make two segments very happy. The people who already loved those performances and the people who wanted to see those characters back in the MCU. So it is more important than ever for our fandom to be vocal about what we want. Because I don't think that Feige is reading our tweets, but I know he's got people who are. There are interns somehow, you know, who are sitting down and they are reporting back, okay, 56% of the tweets were about this and 50, you know, and mm -hmm. oh yeah, here's, here's the city of Daredevil people again. <laughs> Somebody has that information and it's very important that he knows what kind of an outcry there would be if these characters were either ignored or recast. And he has to know how important it is to so many people that those actors get their roles back. Yeah. And just to, you know, just to address the whole, well, you know, Feige doesn't want to see people go back to Netflix and watch that stuff. I can't remember which episode it was, but I'm pretty sure we brought it up at some point in one of the early episodes that even if people did, they're going to come back to whoever creates more Daredevil content. You know, people are going to go watch the Daredevil movie again, too. <laughs> you know, the one with Ben Affleck, because yeah. mm -hmm. they're like, hey, Daredevil's pretty cool. Let's see all the stuff that's come out for Daredevil. And they're going to come back to Marvel. They're going to come back to Disney if Marvel and Disney decide, hey, we're going to make new Daredevil for these people. They're going to come back and they're going to lap it up. 
they're especially going to lap it up if it's back with Charlie and the whole Daredevil cast and crew. So I just don't see where Feige and Marvel and Disney lose on this. Yeah. All of this reflects well on them. Because even the shows that are on Netflix, they were Marvel productions. They were not. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like the Sony thing where Sony had the characters and they did their own thing for a while back with Tobey Maguire and, um, and Andrew Garfield. These were still Marvel shows. These were still um, things that were sanctioned by Marvel and Disney, et cetera. And you brought up the Sony thing. We've seen Feige's not afraid of having the same actors play J. Jonah Jameson and Electro. So he's not mm -hmm. afraid of people going back and watching other Spider-Man films that were not under his mm -hmm. umbrella. So if he's not afraid of that, I don't think he should be afraid of sending people back to Netflix. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And another point, Disney owned Marvel when the Daredevil show came out. I see this all the time on comments like, oh no, Disney is going to, they're going to ruin the show and ruin the character and they're going to be like singing songs and dancing like a Disney show and it's terrible. It's no, you, you guys, Marvel was owned by Disney in 2009, I believe. Something like that. Or was it 2008? Yeah. So when the rights came back to Marvel, it was under Disney and they actually came back to the uh, movie studios first. And Kevin Feige was the first person to actually announce it, that they've got the rights back to Daredevil. And then they've, it went back to the TV studios and they made the show. So Disney has been in charge of this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when they made the announcement in New York City that they were going to film the Defender shows in New York City, wasn't Bob Iger there? Oh, yeah. I can't remember if he was there, but he was definitely part of the announcement. So this was something that was really important to Disney at the time, because that was mm -hmm. like, it was a big deal to make this kind, it was an unprecedented deal that they made with Netflix to do all the filming in New York, to green light essentially five shows at once, um, to really take a risk. And, you know, it was big enough that Bob Iger was there to toot the Disney horn, so to speak. Yeah. So it's always been Disney. Yeah. Good points, guys. <laughs> We're digging a little bit into some history for y'all, but um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's helpful to know. So as you can expect, on November 29th, we're going to be making a lot of noise on social media, and we definitely want everyone to be a part of it. This is a day to celebrate, to say, finally, that stupid moratorium is over. <laughs> and it's a day to remind Marvel, hey, you have the rights back. This is what we want you to do with it. We are your loyal fans. We believe in you as a company. We believe that you're going to do the right thing and are not going to punish the cast, the crew, and the creative teams of these shows because they were canceled despite the fact that they were doing a fantastic job. We really want to make sure that Marvel hears us on November 29th because that's going to be the start of a brand new fight. Yeah. It's more just like what Christina was saying earlier. This is it's more important than ever for the fans to make their voices heard about what it is they want. And we've seen the fans online this entire time. The refrain about Charlie Cox is Daredevil has not quieted at all in these last two years. So we know what you guys want. We know what we want. What we want to see on November 29th is all of us coming together and being as loud as we possibly can on social media 
so that the Marvel Disney interns have no choice <laughs> but to report back reported to Kevin Feige to report back <laughs> to their bosses that these same Daredevil people <laughs> will not shut up not. about the show. Yep. <laughs> So, you know, we're going to be putting together um, some information. I, by the time this episode comes out, you should be able to go to our website at SaveDaredevil.com, find information on what we are planning to do as far as social media on November 29th. If you're not already, we recommend that you just follow us on social media anyway, on Twitter at Renew Daredevil and at Save Daredevil on pretty much every other platform, because most of our efforts will probably be centralized on Twitter. But we want everybody on Instagram, on Facebook, on Tumblr, YouTube, wherever it is that you do your social media primarily, we want you to also be posting and sharing and getting everybody that you know excited about Daredevil's uh, potential return. So right now, what it's looking like is we're going to be convening at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, which would be 7 a.m. Pacific. We usually have a time zone converter calculator on our website for these purposes. So if you need to figure out what that will be in your time zone, if you're a fan in Europe or a fan in Asia, Australia, wherever, you can figure out what the equivalent time is for you. And we just want people to be posting about Save Daredevil and Daredevil. We're going to have, again, more specifics about how long we want you guys to tweet and post, what kind of things you can include in your tweets and posts and how we can just maximize the impact of this event. Because ultimately, in addition to wanting, you know, the powers that be to hear us, we want fans to be excited and engaged and interacting with each other that day. Even though it's a bit of a sad anniversary, it's just going to be the anniversary of the cancellation. It's also an exciting potential new start for what will come next for Daredevil. So we want to celebrate that as well. And I just want to say, if you happen to be a Marvel intern whose job it is to listen to this podcast, hey, how are you? Hope you're having a great day. <laughs> you're doing great work out there. We, we appreciate your yes. efforts. Um, it's not easy. <laughs> we know. Another thing that we are planning to do that day, if, um, if time permits, is that we would love to host a, a group rewatch of the season three finale, A New Napkin. Um, it will probably happen at some point after all the tweeting and posting and stuff is done. Um, but just it's just something for the fans. You know, we, we have a community discord, the link to which you can find on our website that we usually host these things in. So we're just putting out the invitation that if you did on that day want to be together with fans and just, you know, sharing this thing that we love, that we're going to try to do that for everyone. Um, again, just keep your eyes peeled on our social media. You know, we will usually share specifics there first, um, but we'll make sure to have specifics kind of everywhere that you might be looking for um, information. Um, but yeah, it's a great community. It's great people there. And I don't know, there's just always something so special about watching like the show with other people who love it as much as you do. Um, so, you know, might be a nice hopeful note to end November 29th on, right? something to hopefully kind of get us feeling hopeful and optimistic about the potential moving forward. Um, if you haven't already, I don't know how you could have listened to this podcast and not have signed the petition, but if you haven't signed the petition at this point and you're listening to this now, please sign the petition. It is such, it's the easiest way to support the campaign. Um, if you only have a minute of time in your life to spare to save Daredevil, that's how we suggest you spend that minute. Go to SaveDaredevil.com backslash petition, sign the petition, 
share it with your friends, share it with your family. If you know people that like love superhero shows, you know, be like, hey, watch a show and then (laughs) sign this petition. The numbers there, it it just adds to the social proof that we can point to when we say, hey, Marvel, hey, Disney, look at all these people that want to see this show back. This is only a fraction of the people who are a fan of Daredevil, who are a fan of these shows. You know, imagine all the people that haven't even heard of the campaign or haven't come across the fact that the show was canceled or has yet to discover it. It's a little bit of it's just a little bit of proof that we can use um, and every single number counts. So and if you happen to be a Los Angeles baker and there's been a large order placed for an enormous cake that someone can pop (laughs) out of, just drop that information in the comments. That would be really helpful. (laughs) So, of course, that brings us into the post-moratorium phase of the campaign. And uh, just like Electra said, this is not the end. This is the beginning. We have a lot of initiatives that we're planning right now. We're just working out details. And a lot of these initiatives are going to involve the greater fan base. It's going to involve all of you guys. So definitely be subscribed to our socials so that you can find out what's going on. And you can find out how you can get involved in basically helping us get the word out to the right people. Something that we like to kind of not joke about necessarily, but that does come up on the team when we discuss initiatives is there's been these two years where we've kind of been in a bit of a holding pattern almost to until this moratorium could end. And now, now that it's so close to being over, we can finally do some stuff that we wouldn't have been able to do two years ago. Things that we can do kind of as a proper save our show campaign now that we know that there is an option mm-hmm. for Marvel and Disney to do something about it rather than got to wait two years. We can't do anything about it right now. So we're going to be planning initiatives with this in mind, knowing that when we say, hey, Kevin Feige, we, we want you to think about this. Hey, he can think about it and he can do something about it. And that's the mindset we really want the fans to take away from this, too, that when we ask something, when we bring something up, this is hopefully something that Disney and Marvel can take actionable steps on. That's kind of the approach we're going to take to these post-mortorium initiatives, just keeping in mind that this is something that finally they can do something about. Um, And kind of along the same lines of just, these are all things we want fans to participate in. But, you know, if you are a fan who has been listening or you're a fan who's discovering the campaign for the first time and you think there are ways that you can help, please, we would love to have your assistance with all of these new things that we hope um, will come to bear kind of in this new year, in this new phase. So, you know, you can reach out to us via DMs on any of our social media accounts or just shoot us an email at contact at com. I mean, one thing that I think about is that that fans should not assume that things are just going to happen automatically. Mm. They they shouldn't assume that, oh, Disney knows how important this is. They're going to just save it. We don't have to make the effort. We sometimes hear that from new fans to the, you know, who um, who are just discovering the campaign and they say, oh, you guys, this is already saved. You know, all this effort is not required. They understand how important Daredevil is. Well, maybe they do, but it does not hurt to make a positive noise, right? You know, make a lot of noise and talk about how important the character and the show is to us and letting the executives know that we love this cast and we want the same cast to come back. So please don't assume. And uh, if you love the show as much as 
we do, then please sign the petition and join our efforts. That's a great point. Nothing is a done deal. You know, we've been having people tell us it's a done deal since the show was canceled. Right. Again, if you're that person who's like, well, why do we need to do this? Okay, that's fine. Sign the petition. Then that's all we need from you. But if you're someone who's like, oh, God, I love the show. You know, I don't know. Are they going to do something about it? Can we do anything about it? Let's do something about it. Let's put it on ourselves to do something about it, to be positive about it, to get the word out. One of my favorite phrases is hope for the best and prepare for the worst. And nothing would make me happier than on November 29th, there being a huge Marvel announcement saying, oh my gosh, guess what? Surprise. I would say, great, we were wrong. (laughs) That's fantastic. I would be over the moon and thrilled. However, we also have to prepare for the fact that absolutely nothing will be said on the 29th. Absolutely nothing has been done and there's no plans going forward. We have to be prepared for all of that. It's not going to hurt. It is definitely not going to hurt, even if they are already planning right now to do something. Marvel's a business. Disney is a business. And their job is to make money for their shareholders. And they have to realize that saving this show would make fantastic economic sense because there is a huge fan base. There is a huge amount of people who would watch it. There's a huge amount of people who will subscribe to any service that shows it. That means money. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Like Aisha said, just don't assume. And to the fandom without fear, to the fans that have been following this and have been posting every week, every day for the last two years, a thank you doesn't feel sufficient, but that's what we want to say. We want to say thank you to the fandom without fear to all the Daredevil fans who have made these efforts the last two years as fun and exciting and fulfilling as they all have been. You know, we don't create these initiatives in a vacuum. We don't put on these events just for us. We do it for the fans and to see the fan support and all of you guys buying into what Save Daredevil means. Like it's meant so much to us these last two years. And we just hope to see our numbers get bigger and stronger until hopefully we can all experience some amazing news together. To those fans, you know, you have our undying appreciation. (laughs) Um, And we just thank you. Yes, thank you. We're just very, very grateful. It is so amazing. And I love interacting with all of you guys on social media. It just means so much to me. All right. So I think we've covered everything we wanted to cover this episode. We have some big stuff coming up again. This episode should be dropping just a few days before the 29th. So if you're listening to this, please visit us on social media, visit us on our website. We're going to have details everywhere where you can expect to find details about what we're planning for the 29th and hopefully what will come beyond that. So thank you again for listening to this podcast and for giving us a reason to keep coming back to record. Hopefully we're going to have some fun stuff headed your way after this too. All right. Thanks guys for coming to record today. Thank you. Thanks. This has been fun. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. For more information on Save Daredevil, please visit our website at savedaredevil.com. Remember, Murdoch's always get back up.